0: All right, you should have found 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me get my glasses out here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. But because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, Each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband. Likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife. Stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again, that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But this I say by way of concession and not of command. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be in your house on your day to worship you. I thank you, God, for each person here today each family that's represented today that god they chose to be here to worship you and to serve you and lord just thank you for them father i pray you'll continue to bless them and bless their families now god i pray you take your word and god as i step out of the way i want you take charge and speak to all of our hearts and i pray this in the very precious name of jesus christ our Lord, and our Savior. Amen. About the last 30 so years of my ministry, pastoral ministry, God laid a burden on mine and Jeannie's heart. Jeannie being my wife. Laid a burden for us for the family because we saw families being torn apart. And not only in non-Christian, but even in Christian homes. By the way, the divorce rate among, non, among Christians is almost as high as non-Christians. And so we saw this happening. And so we God laid up on our heart to do a ministry that we, uh, for the family. And so we would traveled the state of Ohio, conducting marriage retreats. Because we knew... What Satan's strategy was. You see if he can weaken a home. If he can weaken a family. He's going to weaken the church. If he weakens the churches. He's going to weaken our nation. And so Satan has the strategy is. Let's destroy the family. And he's doing a good job of it. Latest fact shows that almost 50% of marriages will end in divorce. When a couple stands before me and I perform that marriage, they stand about a 50-50 chance of survival. As of, not, as of 2020, the divorce rate In the first year of marriages, 41% end in divorce. So I think you would agree with me that we need a revival in the family. We need to come back to what God says. and, And so we need to just to dedicate ourselves to our families. Now, I know some of you say, well, look, we've been married 50, 60 years. That doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it does. Well, we're young adults. We're happily married. We don't need that sermon. Yes, you do. Because you see, the Bible says that the church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so it may be God may bring those children, you being grandparents, <coughs> he might bring those children and grandchildren to you and say, we're having marital problems. Mom, Dad, what's the secret of your marriage? Or there may be a friend or someone, and they see you as a young couple, very happy. They may come to you and say, you will have a happy marriage. What's your secret? And you can share your testimony, and then you may be able to share some information from this message to help them through that difficult time in their marriage. And so don't shut me out. Don't say, well, we're too old to hear a message like this. Or I've, I've already had failure. I'm, I'm divorced. And, and Well, God still may bring that person or those people by you and say minister to them. Help them. So the first thing I want you to see, you see the outline on the back of your bulletin. The first thing I want you to see is the sanctity of marital love. The sanctity of marital love comes from the word sanctified. Marital love is to be set aside for your spouse and only for your spouse. Are you listening to me? Marital love is for that spouse and only for that spouse. When I was young, Ronnie, Ronnie and Junior and others, we would go and we'd start to play football. We'd go out to this field. And then one of the first things we'd do, we would choose sides. And the very next thing we would do, you know what it was? I, this tree over there is the boundary over here. This bush over here is the boundary here. The rock is the goal line here. The tree down there is the goal line. Even as young boys, we realized the importance of boundaries. That for that game and for us to be protected, we need boundaries. We don't take that ball and start running anywhere we want. We have boundaries. And so it is in marriage. There is a boundary in marriage. And that boundary is to protect that marriage. And that is by. That marital love. Is for your spouse. And only for your spouse. That's why he said. Let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. That's the boundaries. And when you go outside of it. when either one of you. Go outside of that boundary. Outside of that sanctified love. That's set apart for your spouse. You. Could very easily destroy your family or weaken that family. And people are going to be hurt. Your spouse or children or others are going to be hurt because you did not stay within the boundaries of that marital love. Reserved, hear me. The marital love is reserved, set aside, sanctified strictly for your mate. Let's look at the second thing. Not only is it set aside for your love, or for your spouse, but it's also a selfless marital love. In other words, it's unselfish. It's, I don't think of what I want, what's best for me. I think of what's best for my family, what's best for my children, what's best for all of us. It's a selfless love. I love my family and they come first outside of Jesus Christ, marital love. Here's what I found. One of the reasons that so many marriages are ending in divorce today is because young adults are trying to build their marriage on false love. They do not understand marital love. They do not understand agape love. They do not understand Christ-type love. Instead, they're trying to build that family up on false loves. And you see in your outline, there's majorly two types of false love. One is if love. I'll love you if. I'll love you if you'll do this. I'll love you if. Sometimes a boy will take a girl out and he'll whisper sweet nothings in her ear. And then he says, if you love me. You'll get in the back seat with me. He doesn't love you. He loves himself and wants to satisfy his lust on the altar of your purity. You just tell him, hey, take me home. (laughs) You don't want that guy. Very selfish man. Very selfish boy. That marriage is for your spouse. It's selfless love. If love. Aren't you glad that God doesn't love us with if love? What if God said, John, I'll love you if you'll give $1,000 a month, $1,000 a week to the church? Well, some of us couldn't do that. What if he said, I'll love you if you'll memorize the book of Revelation? Well, some of us are not that good at memorization. Aren't you glad that God doesn't love us with if love. The second kind is because of love. I love you because you're so handsome. I love you because you're so beautiful. I love you because you're so rich. You can't build a marriage on because of love. Listen to me. Here's why. What happens when that love goes? Now, you're going to find this hard to believe, but it's the truth. I, When I was a young adult, I had the most beautiful head of hair you've ever seen in your life. It was curly and wavy. I have six sisters. And all six of them would say, it's not fair. It's not fair. Look at that your hair. It's so beautiful. Look at ours. What if Jeannie loved me because you just love my hair and I love your physique? She wouldn't love me now because I'm bald and fat. (laughs) You see, because of love, here's something about it. Here's what happens. Because of love, you're always going to be threatened. Because there may be someone comes along that has more because of than you've got. And you're in trouble that marriage is going to always be threatened because your love is built, your marriage is built upon cause of love. You say, well, why, how do I build my marriage? Look at your outline. You build your marriage upon agape love. In other words, in spite of love. I love you in spite of your faults. I love you in spite of your warts. I, I love you. I love you, not if, not because, I simply love you. Jesus, the Bible says, and he com- Christ commendeth his love, showed his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he never did say, John, straighten your life out, and I love you. You see, God loves us with a perfect love. There's not a thing you can do to make God love you more. And there's not a thing you could do to make God love you less. God loves you. He loves you with in spite of love. Agape love. He loves you. Now here, here's the, where the burden lies. So guys, listen. If it makes you mad, come up afterwards and apologize and I'll forgive you. But let me give you the burden of this. Rest with the husband. Nowhere in the Bible is the wife commanded to love her husband. You don't find that in the Bible. But you read in the Bible, the man is told over and over love your wife. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Love your wife. Give your wife, Give her due benevolence. Over and over, we're told to love our wives. Commanded to love our wives. But the wife is not commanded to love us, ever. Well, did God forget to put that in the Bible? Did God just forget to inspire someone to put that in the Bible? No. The Bible says God doeth all things well. God made no mistakes. He's a perfect God. So, see, here's the secret of it. God made woman in a very special way. God made woman to respond to love. See, she doesn't have to be commanded to love you if you will love her as like Christ loved the church. If you will love her with a Christ-type love, with agape love, not if... Not because, but I love you. She's going to love you back. It's a beautiful cycle of love. You love your wife, she's going to love you. And because she's loving you, you're going to love her. And it's a beautiful cycle of love. When you become selfish and, start, and not have that selfless love, that breaks that cycle. And you're going to start having trouble. You need to share that love with each other. Share it in word. Tell each other you love them. I would encourage, here's a book I would recommend all of you read. Even you senior adults, you may want to tell your grandchildren or though when they get married. I used to give it for for marriage, uh, premarital counseling. I used to give this book to them and say, read it. Then we're going to sit down for premarital counseling. It's The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. If you want a book to read, there it is. Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. You're to love that mate with those five love languages. with their love language. A couple would come in and they would sit there. And one of the first things I would do in marital counseling when they come in, we're having problems, Pastor. I would turn to him and I would, John, when was the last time you told Jeannie you loved her? And watch. Here's what he would say. Well, it wasn't that long ago. It was, uh, it, it, it was, and I'll turn to the wife. And I'll say, Jeannie, when's the last time you told John you loved him? Well, it wasn't that long ago. It just, well, it, and they can't even remember the last time they loved, said, I love you three of the most precious words in the English language. I love you. And they're not telling each other. Is it any wonder they're sitting in my office and saying, Pastor, we're having trouble in our marriage. You see, you have to give that wife something to respond to. And that is love. Tell her you love her. Share that love. Show that love in that love language. I heard about an elderly couple they were sitting out on the porch. And they'd been married 60 some years. And they were sitting out on the porch, and they were just rocking. And the man turns to her and says, Ma, our love is tried and true. And she goes, well, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> well, our love, your love needs to be shared. Told, tell that mate how much you love him. Show them that love. Give her something to respond to and she will love you back. I have had couples in my office. Well, not couples, mainly women. And she would have her mother with her. And the mother would say, Pastor, tell her to leave him. Tell her to divorce him. And she will go, I can't leave it. I can't leave it. I love him. She, you can't love a man and treat you like he does. Tell, tell her. Tell her, pastor. Tell her. I couldn't. Because you see, she's right. She loved him. She couldn't leave him. You know why? When he wasn't high on drugs or when he wasn't drunk, he loved her with that selfless love. And she responds to it. She loves him. You give that wife the love to respond to. One of the causes of divorce is not showing or expressing that love to each other. And keeping that love within that boundaries For my spouse and only for my spouse. Let's look at the third thing. The security of marital love. How do you make that marriage secure? How do you make that love secure? He said, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. That's the boundaries. We don't go outside of that. But then we show each other love. We tell each other how much we love each other and allow that security to be built because of that. The, second, the other thing, if you look at your outline, you're going to see the basic needs. And this is how you build that marriage. You build it by meeting each other's needs. Here are the basic needs of the wife, the basic needs of the husband, and the basic needs of the children. I cannot claim this. This is not mine. If I remember correctly, I got it from Focus on the Family. But boy, have I found it to be true in those marriage retreats and in my ministry as pastor. I found this to be true. So let's go over those. And uh, again, it may be you might be a grandparent. Your grandchildren will come along. Ma'am help us we're having marital problems the young adult may come to you and say help us look at number one the wife basic needs she needs the security and the stability of a godly man to be the spiritual leader she needs you to be a spiritual leader in that home She needs to know that you love the Lord and you will direct this family. You'll have those family devotions. You have that blessing before the meal. You are the spiritual leader of that home. And she needs that. That will build that security. That will give her that stability that she needs in that marriage. The second thing, she needs the security of knowing next to Jesus. She's number one in his life. When she knows that you love the Lord more than anyone and you love him and next to him, you love her. You see what security that would give to a woman knowing that my husband loves God with all his heart. He loves, him more than, he loves the Lord more than anybody, but next to him, he loves me. You see how that would build security in that woman? Knowing that, that t- you have that type of love for her. And then she needs to communicate and share your life. Sometimes couples come in my office and they'll say, we don't communicate anymore. You need to share your life with each other. Not that you go home and tell them all about your work. You don't have to do that at least share things, something you heard on the radio or something that happened at work and share. it. You share. And then when it comes to a problem, you know how to communicate with each other. You do it every day. The only thing is the topic changes. Instead of being a casual time, it's going to be serious. It's when you say, honey, we need to sit down. We need to talk. We have a serious problem. And you'll have no trouble sitting down. Why I ain't communicating? Because you have communicated day after day after day with each other. And so you can talk about those rough times. About that problem in your marriage. And you can solve it. Here's one. Guy. Okay, wives, get ready. Punch him. Nudge him with your elbow. Are you ready? She needs to be listened to. She needs to be listened to. Listen, this, you know, I told you the divorce rate is almost 50% of marriages. On the part of the woman being unfaithful, here's what, one of the major reasons why. She is listened to, not by her husband, but by another man. First thing you know, she finds a man and she starts sharing, and he listens. And she starts thinking, I wish my husband would listen to me like that. Then she starts thinking, you know, I can be honest with him. He's such a good listener. And she starts sharing little deeper things. And in turn, he starts sharing. And first thing you know, their hands will touch That spark flies. And they're in a relationship outside of that marriage bond. That marital love has been shared with someone other than their spouse. And that marriage is destroyed because you didn't listen to her. Tell you something else. She's God's alarm for you. When that wife says to you, I don't like the way you look at that. Or I don't like the way she looks at you, John. Oh, you're just jealous. <laughs> Listen to her. She's God's alarm. I don't like the way she looks at you. I don't like the way you look at her. I don't like the way you talk so tenderly to her. You don't talk to her like you do other women. John, I don't, I don't like that. Jeannie, stop being so jealous. She's saving your marriage. Are you hearing me? She is saving your marriage. You better listen to her. Well, let's look at the basic needs of the husband. He needs a wife who allows him to lead the home. In many homes, it's not that the The man doesn't want to be the leader. It's the wife won't let him. He needs a wife that will say, you be the leader of our home. You be the spiritual leader. You you should make sure that we pray together, have devotion, go to church. You're the leader of this family. Second, he needs a wife who continues to develop inward and outward beauty. That she's constantly making that heart, that inward beauty to be loved. It's so tender. There's a tenderness in her. There's a love within her that you can feel and see. She's just beautiful on the inside. You know what I'm saying? But then also a wife that strives to keep her outward beauty. Sometimes couples will ask me, Pastor, do you believe a woman should wear makeup? Is it a sin for a woman to wear makeup? I'll say it's a sin for some not to. You strive to develop that inner beauty and that outward beauty. He needs a wife like that. Look at the next. Every husband needs a wife who is sensitive to his physical needs. That's self-explanatory. I don't need to make any more comments on that. And then he needs a wife. Here it is. Who holds him in her life. Love him. It's number one in her life next to Jesus. Before we got married... I felt that Jeannie may love someone more than she loves me. I really did. I felt like she loved Elvis more than she loved me. <laughs> we get in the car and she'd put that tape in. That tells you how long ago it was. She'd put that tape in, and I'm driving along and I'm having a listen to Elvis, and she's over there. <sighs> And I thought, I believe she loves Elvis more than she loves me. But then something happened. When I asked her to marry me, she accepted. She called her friend that lived down in Rockwood, Tennessee. You know anything about Tennessee, small little t- city. And asked her to come to Oakdale. And you, if you know where Oakdale is, come up afterwards. You are the only one, probably in Clarksville, that knows. So she said, "Linda, come, I want to give you something." And so Linda came from Rockwood to Oakdale, and Jeannie gave her two rocks about that big, and two sticks about that big. And she said, "Linda, these are from Graceland." <laughs> these are from Elvis's property. I knew then, Elvis, I beat you. You're in second place now, Elvis. Just, just weep, man, I, I, I've won. I've won. Because when she's willing to give away those rocks and those sticks, yeah, Elvis, get out of here. A man needs to know the wife who holds him number one next to Jesus. I never doubted Jeannie's love for me. Never. Not after marriage. Never. You know why? I know, I know no woman that was closer to the Lord than my wife. And when she passed away, I squint through some things and I found she would keep spiritual journeys. And I found her spiritual journeys. And I read those. And I thought, oh, man. I knew she was spiritual. I knew she loved the Lord, but she, I was inferior to her. And here I am, a pastor, and I really believe she was deeper in love with the Lord than I was. She had that tremendous love. But next to the Lord, she loved me. Never doubted it. Never. Let's look at the children. Basic needs of children. You could think of grandchildren or whatever as well. They need a godly father who is a spiritual leader in the home. They need to see you exercising spiritual guidance in the home. We're going to have blessings for the church or for the meal. We're going to have family devotions. We're going to, and you become that spiritual leader. Here's what's so good about it. If you have a son, you are modeling for him what a godly father, or husband looks like. You teach a lot by example. Sometimes more than you do by words. Let's look at the next thing. You need to discipline with love. Never discipline a child when you're angry, especially if it's corporal punishment. Never, never hit that child when you're angry. You can very easily hit that child harder than you intend to. But because you're angry, you hit him hit her or him too hard. Or even if it's not corporal punishment, and you're mad, you're going, all right, Jeff, you're grounded for a month. My lands. Might as well put him in prison. What? I was mad and I threw out. It's unreasonable. You wait, cool down. And then discipline that child. You know, how do I discipline them? You know how. You know your children. I can't tell you how to do that. I have two sons. And I share it this way for shock effect. Just shock people. They go, you have any children? Yeah, I have two sons. Oh, really? Yeah, one's a minister and one's in prison. The other, my my other son." Is assistant warden at Noble Correctional Institute, so he is in prison. He, he 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 assistant warden. But folks, my our two sons, when when they're good, they're mine. When they're bad, they're genius. And honey, your 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 children are in trouble at school again. I knew how to discipline. Them. Because I knew them. And they need that discipline. We would say, here's why we want to discipline you. Here's what you've done wrong. And then we would discipline, whether it's grounding or whatever it might be. And then we'd have prayer with them and tell them, I love you and God loves you. You see, there's a proper way to discipline children. They need that discipline. So many in so many homes, those grade school kids are running the homes nowadays. Let's look at the next one. Example by mom and dad. Let's give an example. A call comes in, your daughter goes and answers the phone, and she goes, Daddy, it's for you. No, I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. What have you just taught her? It's okay to lie. And there's going to come that time when she's going to come home at night and you're going to say, where you been? She's going to remember back. It's okay to lie. And she said, oh, I was at such and such place. She wasn't there. But it's okay. It's okay to lie. Dad, you taught me that. You teach by example as well. And then they need a dad and mom to love each other and show it. I'm talking about within reason. They hear you tell each other, I love you. They see you holding hands. They see you hugging each other. See, here's what's going to happen. I want you to put yourself in place of your children or grandchildren. They're in school. One of their friends come up. Say, my mom and dad's getting a divorce. A couple months later, another friend comes up to them. And they'll say, my mother and my daddy's getting divorced. You know what's going to click in that little child's mind? Wonder when mom and dad's going to get a divorce. But now let's go to their need. If they see that love, they've seen that love. How much you love each other. They've seen it. They've heard it. And here's another friend comes up and says, my parents are getting a divorce. You know what they're going to think? Not my parents. They love each other. They love each other. Why? They've seen it. They've heard it. Folks, we need a revival in the family. The devil is having victory. Here's just some basic things to help make that marriage, that family, what God would want it to be. Let's pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for loving us. Loving us with unconditional love. Loving us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. God, we just praise you and thank you. And God, I pray, God, that you will strengthen the families that's represented here in this service. I know there's many. this message to heart and Lord you strengthen them. I pray at this invitation time that your will be done in each of our lives and I pray this in the very precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Amen.